One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And we are sisters. And we talk about murder. And we laugh about things, too. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Not murder. Murder's no. not funny. And we've instituted banter at the back, so there's plenty of things I'd love to say. But if you want to hear them, wait till the end so we can just jump straight into the murder because that's what you're all here for. Did you so. want to do your corrections? Real quick. Yeah, thank you for my corrections. For the last case, uh, the case of the disappearance of Carrie Farver, I was mispronouncing Liz, the bad guy's name. Um, it's actually, and I swear, I mean, it sounds like, it still sounds like Gallagher to me, but I think it's Goyler? 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 I think it's Goyler. G O Y L A R. Her last name is Goyler. And I was saying Gallagher because I got my information through a podcast so what are you gonna do you correct gonna yourself do? you just correct yourself and move on with your yep. life so and hey guess what fuck liz i was gonna say you know what liz i'll call you liz po- poopy pants <laughs> done take it take that you murderer <laughs> so anyway sorry about that <laughs> take it away <laughs> uh, so today we're going to talk about the murder of claire tempongo Claire Joyce Tempongo was born on February 6th, 1972. Uh, She was born in the Philippines. Claire was the second oldest daughter to a close-knit family of five that immigrated to San Francisco, California from the Philippines when Claire was 16. She was described as friendly, outgoing, a loving daughter, and mother to her young children. Claire's mother, uh, her name was Clara, described her as clever. She was strong. She was tough. She loved to dance, party, and shop. (laughs) Same girl. (laughs) Uh, Claire had two young children, a son and daughter. Um, Even though she was a young single mother supporting two children on a low-wage salary, she worked in various jobs, uh, including retail, security, and data entry. She managed to save a few thousand dollars. Uh, Her plan was to own her own home, and she dreamed of providing her children with a good education. Awesome. In November 1998, Claire met Terry and Ramirez at a bar in Fisherman's Wharf while playing a game of pool. Claire thought Ramirez was very handsome, charming, and had a great smile. 
After that first night together, they were quickly inseparable. A co-worker of Ramirez's remembers a time early in the relationship when Claire and a friend came to have dinner at the restaurant where Ramirez worked as a busboy. Uh, so Ramirez was working that night, but he made sure that they had lots of wine and good service. He Cute. paid for everything at the end of the night. His co-worker said, quote, the couple seemed happy, at least happy enough. It's adorable. I know. I love that early on. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we probably, the majority of us have had that experience of going to where our new love works and, mm-hmm. you know, having having them spoil a little bit. That's really yeah. fun. And our group, we call our friend group, calls it showing your worth. So when you get together <laughs> in the beginning and you put your best foot forward and mm-hmm. buy the wine and buy the dinner and do all the cute stuff. It's the yep. best. Get all the rounds. Yep. So shortly after the two began dating, Ramirez moved into Claire's cramped one-bedroom apartment that she shared with her children. He began telling people that they were married and that Claire's kids were his. Yikes. Slow down. Yeah. Claire's mother, Clara, never approved of her daughter's boyfriend. He was rude to her. She didn't like that he would confuse the five-year-old daughter by telling her that she was from Mexico and that he was her dad. Yeah, yeah, that's crossing a line yeah she didn't like that the kids called him poppy so early into the relationship i wouldn't either Mm-mm. and what claire's mom didn't realize at the time was that ramirez's alleged abuse had started almost right away oh no so there isn't a lot of you know i i would normally really like to build up a story a little bit give you more background but it really it seems like he as soon as they started dating pretty much the abuse started right away and mm-hmm. Things get real bad real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a long history of abuse in this story that I'm getting ready to tell you. Uh, so I want to be sure to put out a trigger warning for domestic violence. It's There's a lot of it. There's lots of details, and it's really um, pretty gruesome. So if mm-hmm. that triggers you, I would suggest that you not listen to this episode. As much as we'll miss you, come back next time. <laughs> Please do. Um, but just a heads up. Yep. So on April 28th, 1999, six months into the relationship, San Francisco police responded to a domestic violence call at Claire's apartment. Claire told police that Ramirez, he had broken a window trying to get into her house after she had refused to let him in. Yikes. Concerned the noise would disrupt the neighbors, Claire then changed her mind and let him in. He immediately grabbed her by the hair, dragged her outside to the hallway and pushed her to the ground. When police arrived, Claire said that she had told Ramirez that he could no longer live in the house because he had beaten her last week. According to the report, Claire told officers he had, quote, beaten her numerous times in the past and had gotten more violent, and that she was, quote, worried for the safety of her two children and herself. No doubt. How long have they been together at this point, do you know? Six months. Jesus. Yeah. Later that same night, Ramirez was arrested for a drunk driving accident. When the arresting officer on the DUI told Ramirez that his, quote, wife had called the police, Ramirez said, why? Because I punched her. Oh, my God. The officer's report states that Ramirez then moved forward, put his head next to the cage, and repeatedly made obscene and sexually violent threats against the officer's mother. Oh, my God. Yeah. If he's going to be that aggressive with police officers, I can only imagine how aggressive he was with The woman he's supposed to love. Yeah. Right. Uh, Ramirez was arrested on spousal battery, two counts of drunk driving, hit and run, and using a false ID. 
uh, District Attorney Terrence Hanlon's office had everything they needed, including a confession to convict Ramirez of domestic violence. Instead, the very next day, his office discharged the spousal abuse charge in order to convict on the drunk driving charge as part of a plea deal. Oh, my God. Uh, How many times do we have to... uh... I know. And this happens over and over in this case. Oh, so. no. <laughs> yeah, maybe, in this buckle new, up. maybe in this new world that we're forming through this virus infestation, we can make this one change. <laughs> right. right. Like, yes. God. We can put it on the list of things that need to change. <laughs> it's, it's a short, it's a very short list. There's just like two or three things that we need to work out. <laughs> and that's one of them. Oh, we're doing no. so well before. I'm just kidding. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's sarcasm, guys. I was rolling anyway. my eyes like so hard. Um, so Claire is a granted an emergency protective order against Ramirez for this. Good. I mean, he should be in jail. Yeah. Um, just three weeks later, on May 18th, police were called again. According to the police report, officers found Claire, quote, crying hysterically, shaking and very scared. Oh she God. kept saying, don't leave me here with him. What the fuck? Claire told police that she and Ramirez had been at a club when someone asked her to dance. He became very angry and started fighting inside the club. A friend brought them back to his apartment to calm Ramirez down. The friend told police that Claire told him, quote, you just don't know him. He hits me a lot and kept telling him not to leave her alone with Ramirez. Poor girl. Uh, so according to a police report, quote, it should be noted that Claire told us that during the six-month relationship, Ramirez had hit her 18 times. Jesus. Police arrested Ramirez on five felony charges, including spousal abuse, assault with a deadly weapon, terrorist threats, and kidnapping. That'll get him in jail for a long time, right? <laughs> you would think so. God. Five days later, on May 23rd, Claire went to the San Francisco Police Department's Richmond station to report that Ramirez had gone to her apartment in violation of her protective order Mm -hmm. and left her a note asking her to meet him later. Mm -mm. The handwritten letter was booked into evidence. Claire led officers to Ramirez and he was arrested and booked. So I guess I didn't write it down in here, but I'm so after those felony charges, it looks like he was let out on bond. Of course he was. So then he was arrested and booked again. At his court date two months later, the district attorney allowed Ramirez to plead guilty to only one charge, dismissing the other four felony counts. Why? uh, It's not like, you know, for the first time around, I don't think it's an excuse, but it's slightly more understandable. But this is his third Mm -hmm. time. Within like two months. Within, Mm -hmm. yeah, within a very short amount of time. So... Absolutely not. I mean, absolutely not ever, ever, but what the hell? Um, It reminds me of season three of Serial. Yeah. Have have you listened to that one? I have not. It's really good. She follows the same, I think it's in Cleveland, the same courthouse every day. Oh, right, right. And they talk a lot about plea deals and she, you know, why they do them and, um, they're trying to save money and time. So they just let people off, but you know, you gotta like prioritize this let the people who are smoking joints off keep the people who are terrorizing and ruthlessly beating women keep them in jail please there's plenty plenty of nonviolent offenses where people don't need to spend time in jail right put them in rehab do nothing i don't care but any kind of violent crime needs to be punished they need to be 
physically removed from the situation and confined away from people that they can hurt because it's not right. like he's just not going to stop. Right. Clearly, he's not going to stop. Yep. So Ramirez was sentenced to three years probation and an agreement to complete a batterer's class for a domestic mm. battery charge. Cool. That'll shape him yeah. right up. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. He briefly attended classes but was kicked out after missing three of them. Of course he did. He swears um, at cops and, like, sexually harasses their mothers in cop cars. He's not going to follow through with a battery class. No. Guys. So then in October, Ramirez was arrested for peeping into a public restroom stall. Mm-hmm. Uh, police note that he is on probation, but the case is dismissed. Oh, my God. I know. It goes on and on. Oh, no. Even just peeping into a restroom stall, that's so creepy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all yeah, kind of so like predatory. breezed by when you're little and you look through the stall just to make sure somebody's in there, you know? Right. I mean, I think you still, I do that. So no, just, I, I don't like I look. I never but... do. I know. Of course I do. You just like, <laughs> yeah, yep, you got to yep, make sure yep, that somebody's in I there, see, but I'm, you're not like trying peeping. to find the biz. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> you can take that out. No, I'm not. Uh, on November 18th. Claire's mother and stepfather called police to report that Ramirez had again beaten Claire mm. and that both were still inside the apartment. God. Officers found the two and interviewed them separately. According to the report, Claire told police that Ramirez had grabbed her hair, pulling her head back and wouldn't let go. Mm. Claire fled, then brought her mother back to the apartment with her. Ramirez started yelling at her mother, who then called the police. At that point, Ramirez grabbed Claire by the shoulders and forced her into a bedroom, closing the door and refusing to let her leave until the police arrived. Ugh. Quote, Claire stated she then became afraid for her safety because Ramirez had a history of abusing her, the police report states. It goes on to say that Claire told them Ramirez was on probation for domestic violence against her. She signed a citizen's arrest form and Ramirez was arrested for battery and false imprisonment. At this point, two things should have happened. Ramirez's probation should have been revoked, yep. sending him to prison on the original spousal abuse charge, yep. and two new charges of battery and false imprisonment should have been filed. Yep. In fact, the probation officer recommended that Ramirez's probation be revoked and that he be sent to state prison. So God. the probation officer, that was his recommendation. What the hell? But instead, the district attorney offered Ramirez yet another deal. Why? Only a probation violation was filed and the new charges were dropped. Oh, my God. Ramirez was sentenced to six months in jail. He was out in four. Jesus. Yep. So Claire's mother says that after this incident, she offered to send Claire and her children to the Philippines to forget him. uh, But Claire wouldn't go. Mm. While in jail, Ramirez entered a program called RSVP. Mm Mm-hmm. A five-day-a-week comprehensive anti-violence program for inmates with a history of domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. He even continued the program and had a decent attendance for months after he was released from jail. Interesting. His program facilitator said that, quote, in custody, he was compliant and nice. He learned the program. He could spit back what he had learned, but his behavior didn't change. Yeah. I wonder what the success rate of programs like that is. I'm glad that they exist. My God, don't, you know, I'm all for rehabilitation, but I wonder what, how many of them actually come out on the other side, any form of changed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. 
um, at a women's gathering that RSVP hosted in the summer of 2000. Claire said angrily, quote, this program doesn't work. Either he will kill me or I will kill him. Wow. A caseworker called her several times after that and left messages, but didn't hear from her for months. Eventually, Claire scheduled several appointments, but she never showed up. God. And they didn't continue the follow-up or finish following up with her? It doesn't sound like it. Yep. He came horribly close to killing Claire on September 1st of 2000. Officers responding to a domestic violence call found Claire lying in bed with her kids. According to the police report, she was crying uncontrollably with blood spilling from her mouth when officers arrived. They noted red marks around her mouth and neck. Claire told police that Ramirez was furious with her for coming home late after a night out drinking with friends. So she was out drinking. He was Mm. mad about it. Mm -hmm. He forced his fingers down her throat, Mm. grabbed her around her neck, and forced her into the bedroom where he, quote, applied pressure around her neck to the point she had difficulty breathing. Mm -hmm. The report says Claire, quote, stated she felt he was trying to choke her to death. God. He then took her purse and left. She also told him that Ramirez had a prior history of domestic violence. She receives another protective order against him. Oh, my God. So at this point, the police had all the evidence they needed to get a conviction on spousal abuse. Yes. His probation should have been revoked. Yep. Ramirez should have been sentenced to prison on the original spousal abuse case. Yep. And this case and all the other interim cases should have been filed as additional crimes. Yep. But instead, Sergeant Al Loom, investigator with the San Francisco Police Department's Domestic Violence Unit, referred the case to the adult probation department, not the district attorney. What the fuck? Uh, Loom told the San Francisco Chronicle that Claire had been drinking the night of the incident. Oh, no. Had not been hospitalized and had not called police to check on the progress of the case. What? Quote, it's up to her to call or come in for a follow-up, he said. He continues... She didn't call, so we couldn't do a workup. You're fucking kidding me. No. I hate that guy. Yeah, this whole thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Let's all take a collective breath. I don't know if I can. I'm really angry. <laughs> I know. I know. It's fucked up. That's insane. Yep. I, why? 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 I mean, I'm sure it happens constantly. This guy's not just like a lucky dude that's just mm-hmm. skating on through, but that yep. is just insanity yep the da's office claims they never received the report despite indications on the police report that their office was copied Mm. no arrest was made at all jesus no charges were filed with ramirez free the danger to claire increased exponentially yeah yes (laughs) this is a Um, fact yes Six days later, Claire again calls police to her apartment, reporting that Ramirez is making terrorist threats against her and telling the dispatcher that Ramirez had a history of violence with her and that she was scared he was going to hurt her. Mm-hmm. Claire showed the officers the emergency protective order from the September 1st incident, which had not been served. Mm-hmm. Uh, the police filed a, quote, terrorist threats report. And I'm not sure exactly what that means, but... I know what it means, actually, because of uh, 90 Day Fiance. So I'm glad that research is coming in handy right now. Because one of the guys almost doesn't get his visa to stay in Brazil with his wife. Because terrorist threats, it just means 
making threats. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's what I figured. Yep. Yeah, Ramirez was arrested and booked only on public intoxication and providing false identification to police. Yep. So according to the press, there was no reference on booking papers to Ramirez's threats or his history of domestic violence. Oh my god. When it came to court, prosecutors dropped the case due to lack of evidence. I feel like I'm insane. I know. I know. Quote, it just looked like a drunkenness in public case, DA Hallinan told the press. Both probation officials and the DA's office say they never received the police report. Jesus. Uh, so on September 22nd, Ramirez appeared in court for the October 1999 charge of violating his probation by peeping into a public restroom. So according to the judge, no mention was made of the previous domestic violence incidences by the DA. Mm-hmm. So he was sentenced to 30 days in the Sheriff's Work Alternative Program and ordered to report to the jail on November 1st. So instead of going to jail for the 50,000 domestic violence reports and drunken public and DUIs and all the things that he's been charged for, he just gets sentenced to a work program. Right. And the DA just fails to mention it. <sighs> like they have the information. To pretend like Why? they don't is just... Insane. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know why. It's got to be because she's brown, don't you think? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, they both are. Yep. 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 So they're like, let's just let them hash it out or whatever Mm -hmm. fucked up, racist, crazy thing. Yeah. Yep. I think there's definitely a lack of concern because of that. Yep. Um. So I also just want to say that this is just what I'm talking about tonight is only what has been reported to the police. Right. Um, The abuse Claire suffered, I'm sure, was much more frequent and more terrible than we even know. Oh, a million percent. So And the emotional and verbal and mental. Yeah, yeah. Stuff that you can't report on, you know, the police won't come for because it's not quantifiable. Right. Uh, So in less than 18 months, Claire called the police at least six times to ask for help because of the abuse she was suffering. Hmm. And Ramirez was also arrested six times in the same time period. God. Uh, the justice system very clearly failed to protect Claire. Yep. And what happens next could have been avoided. Poor thing. So on October 22nd, 2000, Claire and another man took her children shopping for Halloween costumes. When they arrived home, an angry Ramirez burst into the apartment yelling, quote, where were you? Who were you with? After 10 minutes of yelling, Ramirez grabbed a steak knife from the kitchen and stabbed Claire repeatedly in the stomach and chest. Oh, God. As her children watched in shock from a bedroom entrance nearby. Oh, my God. They saw their mother fall to the floor where she was again stabbed. In total, she was stabbed 22 times. Jesus. Her five-year-old daughter was quoted saying, quote, I saw mommy closing her eyes. Blood was coming from her chest. Oh, my God. Ramirez then fled the apartment with a knife. As Claire's son rushed to his mother, uh, he told her he loved her and ran to get help from neighbors. Those poor, 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 poor kids. Yeah. That's so horrifying. Yeah. So at 9.12 p.m., Claire Joyce Tempongo was pronounced dead before arriving at the hospital. She was only 28 years old. Oh, my God. She was a little baby. 
Ugh, God. So Claire was stabbed multiple times in the chest and was slashed on the face, arms, and neck. Police at the scene found her glasses and earrings scattered on the floor next to her body. Mm-hmm. After Claire died, her children were separated. Oh, no. Yeah. The little girl went to live with Clara, her mom, Claire's mom, and her brother moved in with his biological father, who lived in the suburbs. They had different dads, the kids did. Mm-hmm. A quote from an article in the San Francisco Gate magazine said, quote, her granddaughter, now eight, is doing well in school, Clara said, but she worries about her grandson, who at the time was 13. Yep. Sometimes she catches him sitting still as clay and staring far away, she said. When he cries, he always calls for his mother. Oh, my God. She goes on to say, I cry whenever he's crying because he's suffering. It's. Yeah. Yeah. In her book called Dreams from the Monster Factory, Sonny Schwartz, who was the director of RSVP at the time of Claire's murder, says, quote, After Terry Ramirez killed Claire Tampongo in RSVP, we learned to look at every survivor we worked with as if they were in a pine box. That's what's at stake. Yeah. Yep. So Claire's children positively identified Ramirez as their mother's killer, and neighbors witnessed him running from the apartment. They also found the murder weapon two blocks from the scene of the crime where Ramirez dropped it as he fled. Mm-hmm. A manhunt was launched right away by the FBI for Ramirez, but the police were unable to find him. After time passed, it was believed that Ramirez had fled to Mexico where he grew up. Mm-hmm. Pushed by advocates, the police department tried to persuade America's Most Wanted to air a segment about Ramirez to no avail. Uh-huh. The police inspector investigating the case was quoted saying, It's a sad state of affairs to say it happens all the time. There was nothing in his background that made him more interesting or stand outish than any other case. Continues to say, After a writer came out and took all the notes and background and everything, the producers just said, There's nothing really here. Wow. God. Just like, well. Not a white girl. Not a white girl. And also just happens all the time. Girls are getting beaten to shit constantly so stabbed in front of their two young children yeah give us something that people can latch on to jesus christ yeah in san francisco anguish over claire's murder turned to anger as details emerged of how the criminal justice system had failed her good there was much public outcry to fix the broken system good in april 2001 the prevention fund asians women's shelter and the Sheriff's Department formed the Committee for Justice for Claire Joyce, which advocates reforming the criminal justice system and policy changes that would prevent domestic violence victims from falling through the cracks. Good. Claire's mother, Clara, was quoted in the San Francisco Examiner as saying, quote, every time my daughter asked the police for help, they didn't give her any protection. Mm-hmm. Now she's dead and her children are suffering. Claire called the police and they said, quote, same old story and laughed. Who's laughing now? Because she's dead. Yeah. Like, how could you not take that seriously? I can't. I just. No. Makes me, like, so mad inside. (laughs) So mad inside. I know as a police officer, you deal with a lot. Like, there's a lot going on in the world, and you have to choose your battles. But that is, like, what is. This is a battle worth fucking choosing. Yeah. And who is more important to protect than a young mother and her children? Right. Like, 
well, who are you trying to protect if not a young mother and her children? Right. Who has called and called and called desperate for help. Yeah. You know. Unbelievable. Yeah. And those poor kids, like, seeing the police fail their mother and fail mm-hmm. their family on that level. Like, who yep. do you ever trust? How do you yep. ever ask for help for the rest of your you life you after you've watched that? And how do you ever feel safe? You can't. You no. If the, the people were, their only purpose is to keep you safe. Right. Can't keep you safe. Then who the fuck can? Yeah. Jesus. So Clara sued the city and county for violation of civil rights on behalf of her grandchildren and Good. daughter's estate. Quote, Claire Joyce Tempongo was deprived of her right to equal protection under the laws designed to protect domestic violence victims, is what the attorney said. The police commission settled with the family for five hundred thousand dollars in two thousand and four, which clear I don't even think it's That's... enough money. It should be like ten <sighs> times that. I think that they should have to just shut the city. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Seriously, you know what I mean? Like, I'm so fucking mad. It's like when somebody dies because your city didn't do the right thing, didn't do their job. A million people didn't follow through. It just, I know that's not how it works, but that mm-hmm. feels like that's how it should work. You know, everybody who involved should lose their job, and then the city should just be like, well, got to shut our doors because we mm-hmm. let this lady die. And what's the fucking point of living in, a, in the world, in a city, and having a society if we can't figure it out and take care of each other? So I'm really glad they got the money, but yeah, it's no. not nearly enough. So on June 15th, 2006... The FBI arrested, finally arrested Ramirez in Cancun, Mexico, where he was living with a close relative and working under an assumed name. Uh, Ramirez fought extradition for 10 months before he was brought back to San Francisco in April of 2007. Yeah. He pled not guilty of murder. That's not going to (laughs) fly. No. The trial of Harry Ramirez began in September 2008. Prosecutors depicted him as jealously tormenting Claire with repeated phone calls, stalking her, and finally stabbing her. Ramirez took Claire's cell phone to call his friends and plan his escape, and ripped out the landline from her apartment to prevent the children from calling police. Oh, no. The defense tried to portray the relationship as rocky but normal. Jesus. They said Ramirez had acted out of blind rage after Claire told him that she had aborted his child. Oh, no. They're going to victim blame? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. His public defender said that Ramirez had testified that he stabbed Claire after she told him, quote, I killed your bastard. I had an abortion. I was right. That amounted to a heat-of-the-moment killing, not murder. Uh, the defense was hoping that Ramirez would be found guilty of manslaughter. No fucking way. Yeah, man. And there, I mean, clearly there, that's just problematic left and right. Yes. Um, for lots and lots yes. of reasons. Women should not ever be murdered because they choose to have an abortion. Nope. Whether I don't even know if his story is true. I don't care. Nope. But that's one thing. Yep. that we, And also... You just don't kill people. You don't. Yes. I mean, it doesn't matter what they say or what they do. You take a deep breath. You walk yes. away. You stop beating the shit out of her yep. over and over and over. Yep. Like, I know people have to have defense lawyers, but. I don't know how you do it. You know, it's like, come on, man. No, this is why <laughs> this is why I'm shutting the city of San Francisco, because it's unacceptable. Oh, God, I know. 
I'm seriously just like full of rage right now. <laughs> I, I gotta calm I down. I know I didn't anticipate us getting this worked up about it, but it is. This is why I don't like domestic violence cases. I mean, it's important to talk about them because I can't just avoid the things that don't make me feel happy inside. But right. this is why, because it's just so mm-hmm. infuriating and yeah. it's not changing. Um, right. And it just makes you crazy. And so short of yep. shutting the system down, shutting the city. Oh, you just got to keep talking about it and hope that people are mm-hmm. advocating and listening and doing the right thing and protecting women. Mm-hmm. Uh, so during jury deliberations, the jury foreman said that the panel had started out evenly divided between first and second degree murder. Mm-hmm. Quote, this was a brutal act, clearly a vicious and deplorable crime, mm-hmm. but we struggled with that, the foreman mm-hmm. said. So the defense actually really got under their skin, which also makes me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so first degree murder requires a finding that the killer acted with premeditation and deliberation. Yep. The foreman said several jurors believe that Ramirez's actions showed he had acted out of a spur of the moment rage, Mm-mm. which would constitute second degree murder Mm-mm. or manslaughter. Uh, on September 30th, 2008, Ramirez was convicted of second degree murder with a sentence of 16 years to life in prison. You're kidding me. Nope. That is, I don't even know what to say about that. Oh, that is a crazy travesty. Yeah. Yep. So the abortion. Oh my God. Rage worked. It's awful. It's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, so during sentencing, Judge Robert Dondero harshly criticized Ramirez's testimony during his trial that the domestic violence incidences had been merely, quote, the ups and downs of a relationship. Oh, my God. The judge said that? Or you criticized no, that? No, no, no. So that's what Ramirez had said in the trial. Oh, thank God. It's like Yeah, no. So he was criticizing that. The judge was criticizing Ramirez Good. for saying that. Like, I, well, I got to go. I got to drive to San Francisco <laughs> now and beat up a judge. Right. No, no. (laughs) The judge says, quote, no human relationship can ever be described as ups and downs when it involves domestic violence. Mm -hmm. Your behavior lowered yourself to the level of the animal, he said. Good. Thank you. Yeah. So the Tampongo family and their supporters breathed a sigh of relief after the conviction. But that relief, unfortunately for the family, was only temporary. Uh, in 2011, a state appellate court ruled two to one that Ramirez was entitled to a new trial. No. Stating that a jury may not have considered manslaughter because the trial judge's definition of the crime was flawed. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Luckily, on June 3rd, 2013, the California Supreme Court reinstated Ramirez's conviction of second-degree murder in a unanimous ruling. Oh, my God. Thank God. I was like, yeah. if I have to start f- destroying my desk and punching <laughs> out my windows. Well, you might still have to. Oh, no, no. Ramirez was eligible for parole in August of 2019. So he went back to jail, or he stayed in prison. Yep. He was eligible for parole just in August. And guess what happened? Please tell me he stayed in, and then he just gave him uh, extra time. On October 29th, 2019, his parole was granted. You are fucking kidding me. No. And the only way that I found out about this information is that I got onto California's Department of Corrections site and found his prison ID number or whatever, and searched and it was like parole granted and I was like oh wait that's and the language was kind of funny I was trying to figure it out 
but no, he was let out. No. I don't have there. Nobody. I think the case is old enough that, that it was not in any newspapers that I could find. Right. Um, but as far as I can see from the Department of Corrections website, he's out of prison now. Oh my God. Yep. <laughs> this yep. story is the worst story. I'm so sorry. I know. And it was his first parole hearing. Jesus. It was granted. Yep. Claire's story inspired many community organizations to strengthen their advocacy against domestic violence. Uh-huh. Her death spurred laws to change in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Police can now use evidence from the crime scene without requiring the victim to press charges. Oh, good. Uh, the police department also now requires the probation department to sign every file they receive from good. the police. Oh, thank God. <laughs> but still, it's like, yeah. and maybe that that's what was reported then. I don't know what the laws are like now in San Francisco. I hope that and with the addition of like computer, better computer systems, yeah. I'm hoping the tracking system yeah. for offenders is much more stringent than yeah. it was back then yeah. is my hope. But I... That's just so that I can go to sleep, not like full of terrible rage tonight, thinking about this case. Yeah. It's all about our comfort, really, when it comes down right. to it. Yeah. No, I know yes. what you mean. No, I know. Yeah. So just real quick, in case you're out there and need help, the National Domestic Violence Support Hotline is 1-800-799-7233. There's also a crisis text line, which is, uh, you can text CONNECT to 741741 especially right now yeah i understand that being social distancing and quarantine with your family might not feel safe so yep. please please yep get help if you need it absolutely please yep oh and that's all i got for you guys today <laughs> <laughs> i know well, it was a rough one. It was a rough one, but it is so important to talk about. And I don't even know. I mean, I got a lot of work ahead of me shutting down the everything. <laughs> if the virus oh, yeah. already or hadn't already done it for me, I would just be. Right. I uh, I don't know. I the system is so fucked up. I just mm-hmm. don't really believe in it. I do some a little bit. I know there are so many good people working so hard to protect us. Um, but man, the ones that aren't or the ways that the system fails, it just fails so unbelievably hard. Right. Yeah. And I do think that you, the report on the ones where there's the failing, which I think is important, obviously, so that you understand what's happening, but, um, you know, it's not as interesting to talk about the police or the district attorney or whoever came in and shut that shit right down and put that guy in jail for 20 years for the first abuse or whatever. You know, I think that that happens sometimes too, but I agree that we need to, we need to protect each other better. Absolutely. We need to be there and, and uh, stop allowing abusers and rapists to just go on their merry way. Yeah. Stop being Uh, desensitized to each other's humanity. Right. You know? Right. Well, and what did he do? What did Ramirez do in that parole hearing to get out of that, to get out of, prison i just i don't know yeah i can't look at these facts of the case and the fact that he murdered her in front of her children and yeah like how do you you ever get out of prison after that it's one thing to murder somebody it's another thing to murder them in front of children their own children like the level of depravity and lack of humanity that that takes you should never ever ever be allowed to be out of Mm -hmm. prison and around other people and having any kind of 
anything that resembles a life. No. It's, it's just, I don't, I don't know. This is why I'm not on parole boards, because I, <laughs> I would just be like, <laughs> not, no, uh, I'm going to punch you in the dick before I send you back to jail for the rest of your life, because I'm so mad right now. I know. I know. God. Yeah. I'm so sorry for her. I'm so sorry for anyone who's suffering any level of abuse right now. And I don't know. I hope talking about it helps on some level. Yeah. You're not alone. No. And people care. Absolutely. They care deeply. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I don't know how to bounce out of that, but here we are. Here we are. We're doing um, it. We're doing it. The world keeps turning and people keep living and doing nice things too that's not what this podcast is about but they are doing nice things lots of lots of them currently yeah i've been seeing lots of 3d printers doing amazing things oh my god past few weeks like making masks for workers yes ventilators yes i posted an article about i don't know group i don't know what they were but somebody in italy doing exactly that making ventilators with 3d printers i posted it a couple weeks ago and then fast forward two weeks or not even I think a week and my friend had seen the article and started doing that in Colorado and then another friend is doing it in Syracuse and then like our little robotics team in my town that I live in our high school robotics team is doing it <laughs> oh that's so amazing it's so amazing <laughs> yeah. makes me so happy just I I think me people too. are being their best most brilliant selves right now they're either being their absolute worst or their best and most brilliant it's really like <laughs> You know, there's a lot of gray area in... I don't know. For me, I'm sort of, like, in that cycle. Like, I'm either being so great or so I was going to say, normal life... <laughs> yeah, within a day. Yeah, normal so. life allows us to just be kind of mushy. And, you know, some people yeah. are horrible and some people are amazing. But the rest of us are just kind of mushy. And right now, it's like, yeah, you're either screaming at your spouse over folding sheets or, you know, innovating and coming up with ways to support the people in your life and, like, medical professionals. There's no in-between. Yep. <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. The bar is low. Very, very <laughs> low right now. <laughs> so my friend on Instagram said it's just a dead, dried-up stick on the ground. There's no bar. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's a dried up worm on the sidewalk, and that's okay. I'm just, I'm so glad that this, like, uh, wait, rise and grind. We got to hustle with all that stupid bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like, I work really hard. I'm a pretty, Mm -hmm. I'm a pretty engaged person, but give me a fucking break, guys. Like, take it down a notch in general when this is passed. Can we just stop? Like, good for you Mm -hmm. if you, that's your personality, but don't put that shit on other people. I know I had a panic moment today that I own like two pairs of soft pants and yep. uh, it's just not enough right now. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't looked, but what if there's a run on soft pants on the <laughs> internet and I can't get any more? <laughs> I mean, if that's my problem. If that's like my main problem, I'm incredibly privileged. Yeah, <laughs> but, like, but really, Courtney, what if there's no more sweatpants out there? <laughs> I got my sewing machine out making masks. I can, I'll fashion you some, some soft pants. pants. Yeah, man. Uh, we will make we will make this world a better place. <laughs> Keep you in soft one pants. soft pants at a time. <laughs> yeah, I I woke up from a stress dream that I was missing a flight. Like oh no, yeah, the worst possible stress dream to have, especially at a time where there's not really flights. Right, <laughs> um, kind of put me in a weird place. I've been 
relatively calm this whole time and like anxiety free for somebody who has a pretty, pretty pronounced anxiety disorder. Um, and it could sort of set me into a bad, bad space this morning. I know, but it's just fine. I mean, I've really been at a one and it put me at like a six maybe for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was like going to make masks. I was going to run errands. I was going to do all and quote by errands. I mean like deliver the masks. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put on Ridiculousness, which is my fucking favorite show. I love that show. And if you're not watching it, you are welcome because that is mm-hmm. <laughs> the happiest place to go. It is so funny. It's so good. I love Rob Deerdeck. I love Chanel West Coast. <laughs> I love CeeLo Brim. <laughs> Done. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but I put it on and I just chilled the fuck out and it was great. Yeah. And then I took a hike and that by hike I mean walk with my fat pugs who can't hike <laughs> that felt great and then I was able to come home and do a couple productive things but yeah, don't be productive right yeah now. man yeah, yeah. change the world that's right <laughs> getting really fucking mad at about this poor poor Claire <laughs> <sighs> I'm so mad at you know who else I'm mad at the person who gave us a two star review we got our first <laughs> bad review <laughs> I'm just not mad about it. I really am not. I think it means that we have arrived. I know you're absolutely right, but it is funny. The the only thing that made me mad was that they were amateur enough to start on the first episode of a Mm -hmm. young podcast. Like, Mm -hmm. you gotta start at the top. You gotta start at the top. Everybody knows this, Mm -hmm. especially we have like what eleven episodes. Give me a break, man. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) I know you gotta start at the top when we've ironed out some kinks and then endear yourself slowly so that when you get to the beginning where it's shitty, it's it, adorable. Yeah. You're like, Oh my God, like, they're so cute. Like they, like, what did they record that on? Um, Cassie? Why are they just making this sh- noise with yeah. their mouths all the time? <laughs> Why are they manically trying to make jokes? Cause they yeah. don't know how this works yet. Yeah. What an idiot. I don't care I don't about know. a two-star review. I just care that people are, don't know how to podcast well enough that they started at the beginning and then gave the two-star review yeah at least give us a chance i know that's all right they don't have to no they can can move on it's not for everybody and in fact i'm surprised that it's for anybody so (laughs) thank you for those of you who do like us and are listening because it's kind of shocking honestly it's a very pleasant surprise absolutely well the numbers keep growing yeah uh, I was thinking we had, uh, looking at the numbers, we have this little, like, I picture them as a coven <laughs> of <laughs> people in Dallas, Texas. So uh, if you're listening from Dallas, thank you. Yeah, like a whole bunch of them. I don't even holy know. Holy shit. I hope um, we have a Dallas coven. I hope so, too. So if you're from the Dallas coven, reach out and say hi. <laughs> we know it's pronounced coven, but it's a... <laughs> American movie. That probably a lot of people haven't seen American movie. There's you're also welcome because that's a great movie if you haven't seen it. Uh, watch Coven, watch Ridiculousness, and report back. Yeah, I'm also painting a really interesting picture of myself. Like I love Bieber, I love Ridiculousness, I love Hello Fresh. <laughs> yeah, notice I just sit here quietly. I'm letting. I'm I'm the mystery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a kind of fratty uh, millennial. I'm not that, guys. But yeah, kind of. Think I am. No, I'm, I'm a fratty millennial trapped in a like artsy lesbian body. <laughs> oh God! Well, there goes my grandfather clock. <laughs> it's time to get out of here. <laughs>
Time's up. Time's up. Um, well, if you if you're not too bummed out by today's episode, and want to keep in touch, you can find us uh, at They Will Kill on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can email us. Please email us if you want to at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. And you can visit our website at theywillkill.com. Please subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts. We're still giving away totes, you guys. Oh, yeah. Totes. Yeah. Get, get your hot totes. Yep. We've, yeah, we've They're got going, a few left. So. But mm-hmm. you better get on it if you want a limited edition tote made by Courtney Eck herself. Made by me. In quarantine in my own house. <laughs> These are things that memories are made of. They see yep, up and I didn't make any today because I watched ridiculousness. That's so good. supplies are limited. <laughs> <laughs> but can easily become unlimited That's because right. it's not a real arduous process for me to print out the thing and smash it on the thing. So That's right. get your totes. <laughs> yeah. uh, we always want to thank AJ for our music. AJ Absolutely. Um, so thanks, AJ. Thank you, AJ. And remember. Um, Let me think of something. I'm never prepared for this. You mm. think I would be. But. Uh, if you have kids. Yep. At home. Yep. And they're like, I don't know, two to probably ten. Yep. <laughs> go buy a stomp rocket. Oh, right there you go. Stomp, stomp rockets. <laughs> this thing. And it's, look, if you're like 40, go buy a stomp rocket. The thing yeah. fucking rules. It isn't. Yeah, it flies. It goes way up. And we got the like the one for young kids, so they don't get their heads <laughs> blasted off by the. But you can get one that goes up to 400 feet in the air. <laughs> so, so go get one. They are so fun. <laughs> the boys sat outside and played with that thing forever. Cute. Do they like for try to catch it in a? laundry basket or anything that's what i would no we haven't done that yet mostly just tried to keep the young ones from looking directly at it <laughs> his bigger brother stomps on it <laughs> so that's all i got you guys go buy stomp rocket yeah again the bar is a dried up worm on the sidewalk that's right that's our big inspirational advice to you stomp rocket yeah. ridiculousness <laughs> american movie that's right we love you. Thank you so much for listening. Love you guys so much. Peace, peace, peace out. out. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.